Hello, everyone. This is Deb McBride, and welcome to my astrology podcast. Today is Sunday, August 5th, 2018, and I am broadcasting from Escazú, Costa Rica, where it is an absolutely gorgeous sunny day. I apologize if this is a late broadcast um, because I haven't been under the weather, and as you can probably hear in my voice, I don't have much of a voice. <laughs> so um, I'm going to get through this as best as I can. We have a particularly exciting week coming up. Uh, first business is Venus, who is busy this week. And Venus, the goddess, moves into her favorite sign, or one of her favorite signs, of Libra, tomorrow, Monday, August 6th, at 7.28 p.m. Eastern Time. So this is good. She moves out of Virgo, where she's been for the last bunch of weeks. And Virgo's not one of her happiest signs because she's exalted in Pisces, which is the opposite sign of Virgo. And when Venus moves out of her detriment or fall and moves into a sign of rulership, she's a much happier goddess. So for the next bunch of weeks, we get to experience Venus and Libra, and she will be ruling the skies. And that's a very good thing. Relationships, aesthetics, um, art, beauty, these are all things we can appreciate now, especially um, things that are beautiful, things that are aesthetically pleasing. Venus in Libra is about the aesthetic, being the artist, being the um, true sense of beautiful design. Anyone with Venus in Libra who, who's living with it natally is going to have a strong sense of aesthetic. They might have a sense of beauty in their home. They may have a sense of beauty in their wardrobe. They like a certain level of order in their uh, uh, things that they own. But they are also always seeking balance in their relationships. And that's what we do with Venus and Libra. We seek balance in our relationships with people. Balance, harmony, serenity, peace. So there is a certain level at which in these last, in these next few weeks, that Venus is definitely seeking peace. Now, Venus, it's very interesting, is going to take a journey. So she's going to go retrograde in October. And that may seem like it's a long way off right now because it's two months away because it's like October 5th, she goes retrograde. But she's in Libra now and normally she'll take a month. But she's going to go through Libra and then start to slow down when she gets to Scorpio on the 9th of September. Now, Scorpio is not her favorite place because she belongs in Taurus. So Venus rules two signs, Taurus and Libra and is exalted in Pisces. Because she's going into Scorpio, this is the opposite sign of Taurus, and she's going to be there as of the 9th of September, and then she's going to retrograde on the 6th of October. All of this in Scorpio. So in September, Venus is going to slow down considerably because we've got a month of it in Libra. And then she will come back to Libra, but that's not going to happen until November when around the first or so, and then she'll be in Libra for all of November. So we're going to get a long transit of Venus in her own sign, 
But right now we have to focus on the fact that it's there and just sort of be reminded that um, it's going to come back. So things that you are involved with now or seeing the seeds of now or aesthetic projects perhaps that you are working with, these are things that Venus is going to be working with you on in these next few months. And obviously in, in November, you're going to come back to them, whatever maybe you started now or you looked at now. So that's one thing that's going on. Um, also tomorrow, the sun squares Jupiter. So that's actually an expansion and a widening of one's gaze and a, an expansion of one's life and of one's life force. So, and try not to overindulge. Sometimes Jupiter gets us to overindulge and it's not always good. You know, it's good to expand our world. It's good to be open and feeling something good. It's not great to have too much of a good thing. And, you know, the sun is in Leo, so we want to party and we want to have a good time and we want things to be pleasant. And so when it's squaring Jupiter like this, you know, there's a, there's a moment where we feel like <laughs> we could be overindulging a bit, but that's okay. Now, um, I'll talk more about Venus as we get into the week, but the more uh, stirring thing that is happening right now is that we are in the station of Uranus. And Uranus is stationing to go retrograde, which it will do on Tuesday, the 7th. And Uranus stationing retrograde is, you know, we're already in it. We've, Uranus has slowed down. And Uranus is really the planet of genius and brilliance and epiphanies and revelations, but it's been busy with Mars and it's going to continue to have some aspects with Mars as it did last week, but it will retrograde at 12:49 PM Eastern time on Tuesday. Now Venus, um, I'm sorry, Uranus is really a uh, um, surprising element and like I said last week, I had found the element of surprise during the eclipse for me when we got an earthquake here. But Uranus is really something profoundly um, earth shattering in some ways, or, but it was there all along, you know, it's so Uranus is subtle in some ways where we don't pay attention to something until it's really in front of our face. So we might, see over the next few days that we are opening to something new and having a revelation and Uranus as it slows down when a planet slows down it gets more powerful so you might feel you know it's still sort of hanging around Mars quite a bit and so it's really giving us a sense of opening and breakthrough and so wherever you feel like you're having breakthroughs, keep them going, keep, keep opening, keep the energy flowing. And that's the best thing to do is just stay in the flow of the energy right now. We have a lot of intense energy. We've had a lot of intense energy really since the end of April. And so here we are in early August and we still are going with intense energy. And that's why people like me get sick. Um, <laughs> so remain calm Remain focused. Don't feel like you are subjected to the whims of the planets or the planetary energy. Feel like you are working through something to have a breakthrough. 
Uranus goes backwards for several months. It's going to go direct in early January. But when it does that, you know, you look back at what you're working on. So you're, you're starting something, you're working on something. Whenever an outer planet goes retrograde, we're looking at something that we are working on and trying to have a breakthrough with and, and trying to get a sense of moving forward um, in our life, like where to move forward so that when the planet does move forward, we can open up to whatever it's trying to show us. Now Uranus is in Taurus, as you might well remember, and it's staying in Taurus for a little while, but this is going to be the beginning of its last dip into Aries. So this retrograde is important because what's going to do is that Uranus is going to step back into Aries the 7th of November this year. And that's the last time it's going to be in Aries. So we're going to watch this happen. We're going to watch it go into Aries again in a couple of months, a few months. And we're going to finish up the work that we started, that we've been doing, that we've been dealing with since 2010, 2011. Uranus will stay in Aries, go direct in January, and then it will will finally leave Aries for the last time in March. So we're really, really having a, a major shift and finishing up something that we started, and it's really important. So connect with that. Don't be afraid of Uranus's energy. Uranus's energy is a very powerful element of change but it's good change. You've got to sort of take it and use it as opposed to sort of standing in the shadow of it. It's where we have to take a leap. It's where we have to take a risk. It's where we have to jump forward and trust that things, even though they may sound crazy, we still have to work with it and use the energy to help us break through something. Uranus is really good for getting us to break through. And breakthroughs are really important or otherwise we stay stuck. And lots of people, I find, have transit after transit of outer planets and they still remain stuck. They didn't use the energy. So it's important to be conscious of it and use it. And when you feel it, work with it. Sit with the energy is always the best. Sitting with it, meditating on it, sensing it, being quiet with it and understanding where it's coming from and how it's talking to you. So that's Uranus. Now we have one more eclipse. And this is going to be next Saturday, the solar eclipse, new moon at 18 degrees of Leo. And one of the things that's really important is to remember that um, this is a new moon. This is a solar eclipse. This isn't the strongest of all the eclipses the one last time was. But, you know, if you have something at 18 Leo it's very important that you sort of focus on this and understand where it's going for you. And 18 degrees of fixed, which means Scorpio, Aquarius, Taurus, if you have anything at 18 degrees of those signs, in addition to Leo, you're going to feel this. And Leo is happening somewhere in your chart. (coughs) Excuse me. So you're going to have more energy coming out again in the Leo area of your chart. 
and that's where we want to shine and that's where we want to open the door to opportunity um this is the last eclipse thankfully so we're this intense energy is going to start to mellow out and slow down eclipse periods will finish on the 26th of august when everything just sort of kicks out at that point when the full moon at that point which is not an eclipse finishes up the season for us so pay attention to this it's i have actually a very good feeling about this eclipse i don't know why it has a, a good ring to it for me Maybe that's me personally, but I have a feeling it's, it's, you know, it's the sun and it's in its own sign. So it is being eclipsed, but it is a time of hope and renewal and using the power for good, always for good in our lives. So that's part of it. Now, the eclipse Eclipses generate their own astrological charts. We can do an astrological chart for a moment, any moment we want. And when we have a big transit like this, we can do an astrological chart for the eclipse. So in this particular time, we have to pay attention to where the other planets are when the eclipse is occurring. So one of the things that's going on here, one of the factors is, is that Mercury is going to be with the eclipse. So this is about talking, it's about thinking, it's about communicating, it's about um, being clear-minded, um, being focused. Now Mercury is retrograde, remember, and things are not as clear as we would like them to be. But Mercury and the Sun are going to conjunct on Wednesday the 8th, and that's really an important thing to note. Mercury is what we call combust, which means it's in the fire of the sun. So this is an agitating, churning week a little bit. And I don't mean that in a bad way. That means we're like being edgy and we're getting to move on and we're moving closer to our goals and we have to set our goals. And so this is all important. But Mercury is part of the eclipse. So that's good. It's communication. It's focus. It's mental energy. Don't be surprised if your brain is in overdrive during the eclipse because of Mercury. And Mercury is, you know, Mercury being the planet of communication and, and ideas, you might get some really brilliant ideas during this time. So this is, this is actually quite good. So that's part of it. The other part of it is that the day of the eclipse, Mercury is going to be making a square to Jupiter. So there's, at 2.30 in the morning uh, on the day of the eclipse in, in uh, Eastern time, Mercury is going to square Jupiter, which means Jupiter is pretty much squaring the eclipse. And we know that we're having a Sun-Jupiter square this week, tomorrow, and that we know that the moon is going to square Jupiter actually on Friday, the day before the eclipse. So the Jupiter is involved in this. And so this is actually... This may be why I have a good feeling. Jupiter is the planet of abundance. Jupiter is the planet of expansion. Expansive ideas under this eclipse. New ideas under this eclipse. An epiphany of ideas under this eclipse. All very good. <coughs> very important for us to take note of that. New information coming to us. New opportunities coming to us. Um, so it's really actually you know, a continuation actually of a story that we started in July. Mercury squared Jupiter. Now remember Mercury's retrograde because it comes back and forth to hit the same planet. So before Mercury went retrograde, which was the 20, 
6th of July. Mercury was squaring Jupiter, slowing down. Mercury squared Jupiter. Mercury and Leo squared Jupiter on July 9th. So think about July 9th. Think about what you were having go on during July 9th and what could potentially have been opening doors for you or opening your mind. And if there was information, it should have been a breakthrough of information. It should have been a revelation of sorts. I know for myself, I had a major breakthrough then. So actually, I'm looking forward to another Mercury-Jupiter because it's another layer of breakthrough. So the layer of breakthrough that you might have had in July 9th, Mercury square Jupiter, this may be something really, really powerful for you while it's happening on the same day as the eclipse. Really pretty amazing. So I consider the 11th, Saturday the 11th, to be a very powerful, exciting day. A lot of excitement is in the air. Now, here's the thing. Jupiter and Mercury are going to meet up again like this at the end of the month. So remember, Mercury's retrograde. Mercury hit the point once, hit the point, going to be a second time on the 11th, and then for the final time, it will hit the point at the end of August on the 28th, which is about the time that Mars is going direct. These are no accidents. They all talk to each other. So I find this very exciting. Mercury was squaring Jupiter right before the first eclipse, which was July 12th. This was July 9th that we had it. There, it's all very connected. The second time it's doing it is on this third eclipse, which is solar. So it's, it's connected to the solar eclipses. And the third time is when Mars goes direct. So there are breakthroughs here. There's information that we all need to hear, all need to know. And this is so, can be so very exciting. So use this energy, meditate, go for a walk, open to it, ask the universe to tell you what it, it wants you to know. Maybe it has something to do with your life path, but this is a really exciting energy and use it for the good. Open to it, Pro make progress under it. That's really good. Now, the other thing is that this week, Venus and Saturn are going to meet up in a challenge, and that will be the 9th of August, and that's at 9.30 in the evening. So 9.30 in the evening, on, so they're, they're slow, they're moving slowly, you know, Saturn moves very slowly, and it's retrograde, and it's getting started to maybe go direct, to go direct, definitely go direct in early September. But Venus and Saturn will still be within a square aspect on the day of the eclipse. So it's sort of in the eclipse chart that I mentioned, you know, events have charts too. So part of the eclipse is Venus and Saturn are squaring. Now, this is not the most comfortable of aspects. Nobody really loves a Venus-Saturn aspect because it's a square. And... They're important for a couple of reasons, the two of them, Venus and Saturn. The first reason is that the aspect is going to be separating, so that's good during the eclipse. It's not like it's about to happen. It's already separating. But the eclipse energy is upon us, and the Venus-Saturn is already connected to it. So by that point, because it'll be two days before the eclipse, so we're already starting to get the Venus-Saturn rev up. So Venus and Saturn does not have to be a separation. It could be um, a commitment. It could be maybe a, an uncomfortable commitment. 
maybe it's something where it's like, well, I have to commit to this. It's going to be a lot of work, but I'm not thrilled about it, but okay, I'll do it. And so it could be something like that. You know, Venus Saturn could make us feel like we're not loved or heard or we're not respected in some way. It's important to connect with people, connect with your friends, tell them you love them and reassure them. Some people carry Venus Saturn in their chart and they live with this their whole lives. But Venus and Saturn can be something where you have to acknowledge a responsibility or acknowledge a more difficult part of yourself during this, during this time. Maybe acknowledge something that is not entirely comfortable. So there has to be some dark in with all the light. We have the, the major solar eclipse. We have the Mercury squaring Jupiter. Venus Saturn is showing us something that's maybe a side to all of this that isn't so beautiful. And Venus is in Libra. She's seeking beauty. She's seeking aesthetic. She's seeking the goddess. Um, she is the goddess, but she's seeking like a, a deep expression of the goddess. And her goddess light might be blocked by Saturn. Maybe you are trying to share with someone and they don't understand you or maybe don't believe you or something. Um, but it's, it's important to pay attention to Venus and Saturn because they are part of the eclipse. Now, they are not just happening at the time of the eclipse. They are at degrees being early cardinal. So Venus will be at four degrees of Libra, having squared Saturn at three degrees of Capricorn, Saturn's own sign. And they are not... Um, distant from this eclipse degree. So what I mean is that the eclipse is at 18 Leo and we have something in astrology that we use a 45 degree aspect, which is how Venus and Saturn are talking to the eclipse point. So Venus and Saturn are definitely talking to the eclipse point. They are separating, but Venus is really connected by what we call a semi-square to the eclipse. And Saturn is also connected. Um, but what we have to pay attention to is that this is an uncomfortable energy. This is not, oh, a smooth, wonderful, you know, Venus is lovingly touching the eclipse. There's, there's a little bit of a bump in the road. Um, it doesn't mean it's bad. It, just, it, it could be a revelation about love. It could be a revelation about work. It could be a revelation about a project you're working on. Um, something creative. It could be, it could be anything related to Venus and Venus's world. So pay close attention to that because you're going to see how that manifests in the next few days and how it works. It ties in with the eclipse. So the important thing to acknowledge is that Venus and Saturn are part of this and they are they're, they're not in the most comfortable of places with this eclipse, but it is enlightening on some level for us and information that we need to see or know so we know how to work with it. So that's good. In the meantime, on the day of the eclipse, the eclipse will happen at 5.58 a.m. Eastern time, and then the moon immediately goes void 
So it's going to be a void moon in Leo for the entire day because it doesn't go into Virgo till midnight that night, Eastern time. So if you live on the East Coast or if, even if you're in like California or not in such parts of the world such as Australia, but it's a long all day void moon. So just go about your business. Don't even worry about accomplishing something new that day. It's a Saturday here anyway. So I would just consider it a day where you feel like, you know, you do Saturday chores, you do Saturday activities, you go to brunch, you do whatever, but pay attention to the eclipse. So you can, you know, if you want to do a ritual for the eclipse, which is a really good idea to do because it's a solar eclipse, um, you can get up early in the morning and do it. You could do it the night before, but you have all day. You can do the eclipse um, energy ritual that day. It's a good day to light a candle. It's a good day to clear your space. It's a good day to keep um, energy flowing. So even though the moon is void, you can do a very nice ritual um, with, you know, clearing your space, asking the spirit guides to come in and guide you. You can do any sort of smudging of your space. Remember, it's a new moon. We're starting something new. So you want to set your intention for the eclipse. You want to set your attention to starting something new. And it should be very leonine, creative, love. And again, as I said in the last eclipse, trust love. Love is, love is where it's at right now because we are in Leo and we're experiencing this energy in Leo. So that's the most important thing is to pay attention to love and where love is taking us. And with Venus Saturn squaring, you know, it may not be the best um, it might not be the best feeling. You might not feel like you can trust love right now because it might feel like, well, why should I do that? That person doesn't love me or I sought some sort of acknowledgement or attention in from these people or this area of my life and I'm not getting it. You can't worry about it. You can't let Venus Saturn taunt you like that. You have to find out where the work needs to be done because that's what Saturn says. It's, there's work to be done. And where we need to do the work is where we're going to find the best fulfillment. So the eclipse is in the same direction as the North Node, even though it's not on the North Node. This is a powerful eclipse. It's, you know, it's not as strong as the others, but it's, it's powerfully good in the sense that we do need to embrace love in our life and where we're, where we can bring love to someone else that might not be feeling so much love. Okay. Um, the other exciting things this week, Venus trines Mars. That's very good for relationships. That's Tuesday, the seventh. That's actually quite positive. Um, means relationships are moving, moving along. Venus is in some very creative places this week as she makes, um, interesting aspects to Uranus as she makes interesting aspects to Jupiter um, and that nice trine to Mars. She does oppose Chiron on the 8th Wednesday. So, you know, again, here's Venus opposing Chiron. Chiron's kind of involved with Saturn. This is, this is a little bit, there's a little bit of wounding here. There's a little bit of understanding the wound and it going forward, learning how to go forward. So don't let it get you down. Remember to continue to trust love and keep moving in the direction of love because that's what the North Node in Leo wants us to do. Okay, 
that's about it for now. Next week, I'll probably talk more about the eclipse because it'll be about the same time I'm, I'm doing this. And if you need some guidance in the meantime, my email is deb at debmcbride.com. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at debastrology, and I do put up videos about astrology, and I make some comments and posts about astrology, rather lengthy posts, in fact, giving you more astrological information. My website, debmcbride.com, does have a blog, and you can go to my blog and get some more information. I'll probably be writing something about this eclipse. And if you'd like a session with me, I am available for astrological sessions. Just write to me, deb at debmcbride.com, and we can discuss what type of session you would like and what your needs are. I welcome all and to my, to my uh, outlets and, you know, I'll see you next week. Have a good week.